going on guys clocks on the stove back we're going to give you a little nfl week three recap or week four recap excuse me um on everything you might have missed from the nfl starting mm-hmm. us off thursday september 29th dolphins went to the Bengals. zach would you like to start us off with this game yeah um we touched on it a little bit with the preview um I'm not going to say too much about it. Obviously, with the whole Tua situation, that was kind of a blunder from the concussion protocol perspectives. Um, if we're going to go strictly based off what went down in the game, you know, I don't really know if Teddy's the answer for them. You know, I don't really expect too much from him or what he was going to be able to do once he came in. Um, you know, I guess he did all right. Um, you know, 14 for 23, 193 yards, Teddy and a pick. Um, Burrow seemed to get things done, no interceptions, 287 yards to the air. Uh, T Higgins, huge game for him offensively, seven receptions, 124 yards in the touchdown. He really popped off this game. You know, coming into the season, we had a lot of talk about the Bengals big three with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T Higgins, and whether they'd be able to put up a lot of the same that they did last year in their Super Bowl run. I think we're seeing a lot out of Jamar and T Higgins. Tyler Boyd, Boyd though, is kind of just like falling off. And I don't really think it's, like, his fault. I just think it's their line is so bad that Burrow can only look at his first and second option. And then rather than looking at a third at all, it has to go to the check down if those two aren't open. Mixon's got to be there in the receiving game. I think T. Higgins is extremely underappreciated. I think that yes. through Jamar Chase, there was, like, a, a kind of like a, a forgottenness, if that makes sense to him. But, dude, the kid's a, a stud. You get the ball in his hands, he makes plays. And I think that – Obviously, listen, they can't fix their O-line right now. They're kind of fucked for what they got, okay? Mm-hmm. But having the emergence of another receiver, I feel like helps Burrow a little bit with the O-line situation because it makes defenses have to not only focus on Jamar, but they also focus on T. Higgins. Um, mm-hmm. My other thing is we did pick the Bengals before, before the game, before two got hurt and all of it. We picked the Bengals. Check out our TikTok. I broke it down. We picked the Bengals to win this game. And um, I don't really care to dive into the protocol with, with two on everything. I mean, my, my quick six senses, they did it horribly. And to blame Tua, which is what some people are doing, is extremely immature and, and inappropriate for that situation. Because, I mean, like we, we, I talked about it with fighters in my gym. It's like if I got rocked in a title fight and I'm clearly like not good to fight and, and Vince or Mahmoud, one of my coaches, are like, yo, you still want to keep fighting? I am going to say yes. I am not going to be like, I don't want to fight. Like, and I don't blame Tua either, you know, but it's just that that's a whole situation going on. And that's going to, I feel like that's definitely going to change in the future. And I'm always, for whatever sport we do, I'm always athletes first and athlete safety first. Cause you know, like we always talk about in the pod, they are people. Um, and the only other thing I want to talk about this game is Tyreek Hill was getting interviewed and they're like, do you think you could keep putting, I don't remember the, the, the exact guy that interviewed him, but they were like, do you think you could keep putting up the same numbers with Teddy Bridgewater? And Tyreek looked at the reporter and he goes, I'll put the same up, I'll put the same numbers up with you. And so I think the problem is, is like, <laughs> I think he's so good, it doesn't matter, honestly. I don't think he's I don't think he's tripping. I think the Dolphins could bounce back. I, I think I don't think Teddy's horrible. I just think that defenses don't threat aren't aren't as threatened by him as they were with Tua, and it's gonna make their they're, they're gonna be more aggressive than they were with Tua as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people 
thought Teddy Bridgewater wasn't given a fair chance because ever since he got that one injury, um, it was actually a pretty bad concussion when he was sliding, got hit in the head, kind of knocked him out of his like starting job over there for the Vikings. Um, really just never got a chance after that. Run with the Saints and everyone's like, oh, he's back. And then it just yeah. never fully happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really nothing after that. So maybe he's got a chance to prove himself again. I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with taking the Chase Daniel route to um, success. I'm not knocking make... Yeah, I'm not knocking yeah. on Yeah, no, if you want to make $42 million as a solid backup, I would take that every day I could. Best fucking job in the world. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah, I completely uh, agree. Moving on, our international game of the week. We had the Vikings, 930. Vikings versus the Saints in London, England. And mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to pull up stats here, but my phone connection is just not – cooperating with me um it was a good back and forth game Andy Dalton actually played tremendously well which is crazy um he did the one thing I like that Andy Dalton did that I feel like Jameis lacks in a little and I don't know if it's Jameis's fault or it's it's uh due to the offensive line is Andy Dalton really dished the ball out to everybody he did a good job at letting it get everybody the ball Jarvis Landry had a touchdown Olave you know he did a good job at, at Using the whole offense. Now I know if you're a if you're a Michael Thomas owner, that's a little concerning to you because James Lee only threw to Michael Thomas. But I do like that Andy Dolan kind of and that's that veteran in him. You know, he knows he understands how to use the field and stuff. Um Vikings look good. They got Dalvin Cook more touches. And what have we been saying since week one? If the Vikings use Dalvin Cook, they're gonna win fucking football games. Um and the only other thing I have to say is, bro. How upset would you be if you're a Saints fan or that Saints kicker that, that went for the game-time field goal and it hit off the goalpost twice and took a bat and took a fucking Vikings full fall? Um, I mean, like we said, kickers deserve to be in the game of football, and it's exactly for stuff like that. They can win you games. They can lose you games. It's all about it. Um, one thing I'll comment oh, about it. Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. Yeah, about Andy Dalton. Um, you know, I think once Michael Thomas comes back, he will get a lot more of the target share. I think just cause he was out with injury, they forced Dalton into sharing the ball a lot more. And that just comes from his veteran, um, like leadership. He's been through this before. He's led multitude of teams, especially with the Bengals. Um, you know, he kept it clean and that's what you want from a backup quarterback. You don't want him to necessarily take over the game a la Cooper rush. Shout out him. You know, he's been playing great, but you know, Dalton did what he had to do. He outplayed Kirk, uh, Kirk in my mind, or at least in the quarterback rating sense, uh, Dalton 108 to Cousins 84. Even QB um, 60 and, and Cousins at a 47. Yeah, so either way, uh, Dalton just played better, played cleaner. Um, you know, I'd like to see that Chris Olave is getting a little bit more of the target share, especially this as the season progresses. You know, coming out of Ohio State, we've seen the dominance of Ohio State receivers in the league with Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas. Um, Garrett Wilson over there for the Jets. I mean, it's just constantly proven that the reason the reason why I think Ohio State QBs fail so bad in the NFL is because they get exposed when they don't have the amazing receiving core wow. that they have. That's a, you, that's a great hypothesis, Zach. That's a great no, hypothesis. It's, it's factual at this point because if you look at it, dude, Fields had Garrett Wilson, who's like the number one receiver on the Jets, Terry McLaurin, who's the number one option, um, on Washington. On Washington. And then now you have Chris Olave, who's 
uh, the number two option behind another Ohio State receiver on the Saints. So it, it's just proven that like yeah, you're getting also, these. His backfield was DeAndre Swift. So yeah, well, no, DeAndre Swift played at oh Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know why I thought Ohio State. Because he did play it. He did play at Georgia Who for a year with at Ohio State. After Z, uh, T, they had Jeff Teague. They had uh, Masters. Um, they had a couple. They really haven't had a dominant running back threat since like Zeke. Yeah, it's weird. Um, kind of like an RBU for a little bit. A little bit, and then you know, once uh, Urban Meyer kind of passes to Ryan Day, it's been strictly passing and receiving. You know, when they had that, it literally like. Card that whole year when they went from um, Braxton Miller to JT Barrett to Cardell Jones, literally you had Michael Thomas and three other number one, like first round draft picks at receiving. So like, it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. Um, You might have have literally just found the reason to Ohio State quarterback failures. I mean, I could have told you that like years ago because I mean – then again, people may sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, uh, Justin Fields hasn't really panned out. I'm like, oh, you – the Bears just suck. The Bears just suck. There's times where he can be great and he still sucks. Okay, he can be great for three plays. Yeah, I agree. For I agree. three plays. Like, he had one, like, one 50-yard throw last week, and it was like – it was like a miracle. Bears fans were like, oh, my gosh, he's the Lord and Savior. And then you put up six points. So, um, Real quick, before congratulations. We games, I know this is NFL pod. I want to keep NFL. I do have a, a, a one just for you, Zach, a quick, a quick questionnaire right here. You ready? Yes. Who has a better R, a wide receiver you? Ohio State or LSU? I mean, you want to talk about the cream of the crop, before I feel you, like... Before you go, we agree those are definitely the top two. Like they, Those two schools produce the best wide receivers. Yes. Okay, now yes. who would you pick, though? I mean, and you could argue Alabama, but you could argue Alabama for everything. But I, I think yeah. Alabama, I think I think Ohio State and LSU produced the best long-lasting career wide receivers. I mean, I got my I got my chef's hat on, so let me, let me put this in cooking terms. You know, LSU is like that one dessert where like you eat it, like you may eat it a lot, but there's just that one time you eat it and you're like, Oh my God, this is the, this is the best goddamn dessert I've ever had. But Ohio state on the other end, it's every time you eat it, you know what you're getting. You're getting quality product each time you get it. But the problem is LSU isn't as consistent or has the depth that Ohio state produces, but when they do produce, it's godlike. Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase, like you, you've seen Odell it. Beckham. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, yeah. But they have years where they just have like two of the best talented like wideouts, and then they go like on a hiatus. For Ohio State, though, they just get like, oh, here's another five star, here's a five star, here's a five star, here's a five star. And I think the other thing is, and like I said, we'll wrap this up real quick. I think the other issue is is two things. Um, one, the quarterback value at Ohio State is always much better than the quarterback value at LSU. Listen. You get your Joe Burrows, you get your um, you get your your Zach Mettenbergers, you get your occasion, but you don't have the consistency at quarterback as you do at, at Ohio State. I think the other thing is is the style of play due to conference. I think you need to run the ball more in the SEC than you do in the Big Ten. I mean, actually, the Big Ten's pretty pretty even, but I feel like I feel like the importance of the run game is like something that the SEC is like founded on. 
you know? Yeah. So I, I think, think another reason as well. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll say on it as well is I think Ohio State's spread system is one of the best spread systems in college football. You know, you have to respect um, the amount of O-line recruits that they bring in. So, like, you have to commit and respect their run game. Because, look, even as quality and as talented as their receivers are and beating you over the top and you want to drop back and run a cover four or a cover two shell on them, if they diagnose that and see that, they have no problem handing off 20, 25 times a game and letting their running backs absolutely carve through you. Because that is the staple of Ohio State football. Their draft picks will always be wide receivers, but it's always running it down your throat. That ends up winning them games and getting them for the championship. So it's kind of just one of those pick your poison deals. Um, we see it with all the great teams. You know, even with LSU, you know, we talked about how good Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were. They had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was literally college Darren Sproles all over again for them. So it, it was kind of like you're stuck picking who you want to get beat by, and that's just kind of how it is, especially in college. But, you know, enough of the college talk in the NFL world. We'll move on to our next game. Um, the Browns taking on the Falcons. Um this one was interesting. You know, we had taken the Browns money line. You know, I thought their defense would be a little more prevalent and I thought Jacoby Brissett would be, you know, a little better. I did think that they would stick to their dominant ground game. You know, Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 118 yards, did what he had to do. Him and Tyree Kill are the best fantasy picks I had this year, bro. Like, in- yeah. Chubb is just a hammer. Yeah, he's so good. Um, it's so surprising to me how they're still able to utilize Hunt as they do, considering how good chubb is um but the way they back and forth bounce off each other is gonna be really good look i hate to give any credit and i don't even think i'm gonna give him any credit but um you know this team is gonna be pretty scary when deshaun comes back i think he is better than jacoby Brissett. um even though i don't even think he should be in the league at this point but i mean even with what they're doing now with Brissett, i still think they're on the right track you know sitting at two and two now but you know, their division isn't great outside of the Ravens. You know, the Ravens are kind of like running that. But, you know, Steelers looking extremely weak. They're probably going to go one and seven once we get to their game and look at their schedule. Um, they just ran into um, – they got outmatched this game. You know, Falcons did what they needed to do. Marcus Mariota, only 19 passing attempts, seven completions. Yeah, Mariota uh, is fucking horseshit. He's so bad. I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know if – Ritter doesn't look pro like pro ready enough yet. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they're they're rocking Mariota, but the only reason they won this game was because of running. I mean, dude, they had they had six guys run the ball this game. They had two hundred two rushing yards. I mean, like both their touchdowns came from rushing. Like they did, they, the running attack is what saved them. Like that's what won them the game. Um, yeah, defense I agree. performed as well, uh, pretty solidly as well. I'm not going to just knock them. But dude, if you're a uh, if you're an offensive fantasy owner for the Falcons of any player, you need to drop him because they are not getting the fucking ball. Dude, Drake London with two catches and Kyle Pitts with one that is uh, that is absurd. That is literally absurd. Yeah. Um, I don't um, think is that good. I think it's it's. I don't want to knock on him too hard. I was never a big fan of him, but I do think he's an example of his feet was some of the reasons for success in college. And now that he can't use his feet to the same extent in the NFL, he's getting shut down because like he's just, they're doing like no, no corners fear him. You know, they're not like, Oh, he's going to pick us apart. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird. Cause when you look at the stats, it kind of looks like the Browns won this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's NFL, bro. 
the Falcons got their game. Like they 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 played well, but what, the way they won is not longevity. And if I'm not mistaken, Zach Watts, Cordell Patterson's hurt right now. He is on the IR. So yes. he's done. Um, They're fucked. Yeah, you know, I took a huge fantasy hit with him going down, but fortunately, uh, ended up working out because I had Melvin Gordon, um, who now is RB one for the Broncos, considering their running back also went down. So. Javante William owners and Cordell Patterson owners, I feel for you. Um, psych, I don't care. You all suck. You're below me. I have not lost a fantasy game in any of my leagues uh, since the first two weeks. You know, I went 0-2 in two of my leagues. I'm undefeated in one still and then haven't lost since. So, um, fuck them, as I'd say. But, yeah, I, I think the Browns will bounce back. Um, if you look at – so, this is hilarious. Look at this. Cleveland had 35 rushing attempts. Atlanta had 35 rushing attempts. But then Atlanta only had seven receptions and Cleveland had 21. Like how does how does Brissett have 35? Dude, that's passing? how, how did look at it. Like, like if you look at it statistically, it looks like the Browns should have killed them. Yeah. I don't know. That that is very weird. I don't know. Um, they had a pick. They had a pick and they had they had a fumble they lost. Yeah. Really, it came down to Young Way Koo just kicking field goal after field goal. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty kickers sure. Win games. I'm pretty sure he put up good fantasy points this week. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that game. Moving on though. Our next game, a game that no one really cares about, but I did a lot, was Washington against Dallas. So speaking on fantasy football, I'm in two leagues. I'm in like my main league. That's like, like the league I you do every year um, of 14 people. And now I'm in a Superman 32-man league. And it's it's the 32-man league has its ups and downs. One thing I think that's cool about it is only five guys play, you know, because you literally have every single starter when you have 32 people. The downside to it, though, is one injury, your season's over. Because every single starting player is already taken. So yeah. Jameis went down, and I had Jameis as my quarterback in my 32-man league. By the way, I'm 4-0 in this league. I'm number one in this league, okay? I'm freaking the hell out because I'm like, I have to start a back. I, I think I don't want to start Andy Dalton. Like, I don't trust him. I don't think they're that good. So I did some conversing. I'm going to give a huge shout-out to the guard family, Nick and Matt Guard. They convinced me to get Cooper Rush. And they're like, look, he's not spectacular. Cooper's not going to put up 25 points a week for you. But the one thing that they said, and I, I do acknowledge it now after he's done it for two weeks in a row, he does what he's supposed to do every game. He doesn't make stupid errors. He doesn't go for, for dumb 50-50 passes. He doesn't go for home runs. He plays A and B. He plays A to B football. And it works for him. And he went 15 for 27. 223 yards with two touchdowns. Not bad, man. Not bad. Two two rushes for seven yards. Not bad. I'm pretty sure. Let's see how many points you got in my fantasy. Got me 17.6. Projected give me 15. Not bad. So, I didn't watch this game. I didn't really care because I think any Washington game is super boring. But shout out the guards and shout out Cooper Rush for keeping my fantasy team on feed and alive. I'm going to rock with yep. them the rest of the year. Um, well, I don't think you can because week five, 
uh, this upcoming week. Dak is scheduled to make his return. He's coming back. Um, I thought he was calling. Yeah. Him. No, he's back this week. Oh, my God. Um, Cooper Rush, bro. Fuck. Um, I would not – I wouldn't be so quick on that because uh, – You think? I have a little – you think? Let me. I'm. I'm. I'm hypothesizing something here. Let me. Let me just. Let me. Let me figure something out real quick. Bold. So Zach, Cowboys, it's very bold. Let me put it this way. You come back. Now, given their schedule was a little weak, you know they played the Bengals, the Giants, and the Commanders. Not very strong. You bring back Dak. Dak has to play at the Rams and at the Eagles and back-to-back weeks. If he plays extremely poorly in those two weeks, uh, I'd give him I'd give him to the Lions and the Bears. If he does not play I up to – I have to drop rush, but I can't hold two quarterbacks. I can only hold one. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, for the sake, you have to drop him because even if he plays poorly against the Rams and the Eagles, um, I still think because of the contract they gave Dak, they're going to stick it out with him. However, if he plays bad against the Lions and the Bears, I think you have to bring back – Cooper Rush because the team was playing better with them. Um, they okay. So a report sorry, was released. I'm sorry six, to interrupt you. I'm wearing a we're in a fantasy football emergency right now. Okay. Do not drop him. Do not drop him. I have to. Not yet. I just read report six hours ago. They're saying Dak isn't officially out yet, but he is still facing issues gripping the football. Okay, so I'm not going to drop him yet. Okay, but I wait. Teddy Bridgewater is available. Okay, um, he's playing at the Jets, and he has Tyreek Hill, who's also on my team. Look, you know what? No, we'll, we'll, this is a this is a non podcast conversation. We'll work. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, we may have to just yeah. We may just have like fantasy episodes as well. We might have just add that in the schedule. Yeah, because there's just a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of shit going on in, in our fantasy lives that have just but, uh, become our, detrimental. Our next game was Seattle going to Detroit. Um, I, 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 only, I only have a few things to say about this game. First of all, I'm very upset and, and kind of irritated of seeing Detroit fans bash Campbell and bash the team. Like, do you guys not realize your best receiver and your best running back did not play? Like, they just – they're in they, – they yeah. Okay? And now, what is weird is that they used to be a defense-heavy team with a bad offense, and now it's like their rules kind of flipped. Like, they're putting up numbers, but their defense sucks, which is weird. The other thing I have to say is – and I'm going to keep saying it because I'm honestly a Russ hater – the Seahawks are kind of better with Geno Smith. They're kind of, they're look, kind of better. Look, people called me a madman for having Jared Goff and Geno Smith on my fantasy team. They said, what the fuck is that? They called me a madman for starting Hawkinson in my flex slot. I won my league because Mr. TJ Hawkinson. 23 for 30 with 320 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, and a 91.3 QBR. How about this? Geno Smith and Rashad Penny were so good, the Seahawks did not punt one time. They did not punt. I don't know. All I'm saying is the Seahawks look a little bit better with Geno. They are indeed looking quality. 
Um, I unfortunately did drop Gino this week, though. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's facing the he's facing the Saints. Um, I don't think he'll be going too crazy. It's weird though that um, I do think it's a little weird that Kenneth Walker kind of sucks. Dude, every week I feel like I'm reading a report where it's like, oh, it's the Kenneth Walker breakout game. It's the Kenneth Walker breakout yeah, game. I'm like, in college, he was disgusting at Michigan State. Oh, he was, but um, he still ain't Rashad Penny. Yeah, he, had, he had less rushing attempts than Geno Smith and half the yards that Geno did. Dude, Rashad Penny was so good in college too, though. Dude, that's what – okay, well, I'm going to like briefly entertain this conversation because it pisses me off every time anyone poses it. They're like, oh, do you think the 0-16 Detroit Lions would get beat by the national champion, like Alabama Crimson Tide? I'm like, uh, they would get beat like 56 to nothing, and it would, wouldn't even be close. Yeah. It'd be 56 to nothing at like halftime and like the third stringers in, and it'd still Kenneth be getting Walker, bitched. Kenneth Walker was a Heisman finalist, runner-up to Bryce Young, okay? And he hasn't done shit in the NFL. Yeah. Sorry. Like, that's just how good the NFL is. Like, these guys, like, are no joke. Like, yeah, it's the cream I'm of the crop. Not, I'm not saying Kenneth Walker can't become great. I think he can. But there was just so – and like you said, it's like every week it's a pick up Kenneth Walker. This is week. Pick him up. And then he does, he does nothing. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, back to the game, though, you know, from the Lions side of things, the fact that they were able to put up 45 points with their number one receiver out and their best running back out um, – I think that hurt them tremendously. They were trying to just play catch-up all game. I think their offense, you know, had the ability to win the game. But the problem is, with your key running back out and your key receiver out, your offense kind of dictates the amount of rest your defense can get. But you really aren't able to do that when you're having to just kind of score by any means necessary. You'll take what the defense gives you. Um, I feel like their defense just wasn't given out of – adequate enough rest. Um, I think Jeff Okuda is still stepping up defensively. Um, you know, if I'm looking, yeah, five tackles and a pass breakup. I just think on the other side of the ball, they just don't have a solid number two corner to really shut things down. So it really opens things up. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny. You did bring it up how they were a defensive minded team and now they're more offensive orientated. Um, that just kind of shows you why the Patriots suck so bad right now. Cause uh, they're letting Matt Patricia be the OC and, we see how that's working out. But as for the Seahawks side of things, Pete Carroll just kind of like got things done with his squad. I mean, simple game plan for Gino, get the ball into DK and Tyler Lockett's hand. And, you know, when you need to run the ball, just give it to Rashad Penny. He got things done. You know, he hasn't been as, he hasn't been as great as he was in years past. Um, but I really don't think that was because of Russell Wilson. Cause I mean, Gino's doing just as fine at this point, but um, you know, really quality win for Seattle. It was the highest scoring game we've had all year. And shout out Scorigami. First Scorigami of the year. So we love to see that. Um, and we hope to see more because who doesn't love a little Scorigami action? But yeah, that's all I have to say about this game. Yeah, let's move on to our next game, which is actually a pretty good, interesting game. It was the Titans in Indianapolis. Titans pulled away 24 to 17. Um uh, my takeaways from this game, Tannehill, he is he looked he looked better than he has this season. He still doesn't look promising, and they're finally. It makes no sense, but with their O line being worse, Derrick Henry's doing better. 
And I think it's just they're finding different ways to use them. I mean, you see they're getting them screen. I mean, he had three catches for 33 yards. That never happened. I think they're just realizing, like, look, we win games when Derrick Henry has the ball in his hand. We can't just keep giving him halfback dives because they're going to shut that down. So I think they're finding different ways to finally utilize him, and I think that's benefiting him. I don't know what their future is going to be. I think losing Taylor Lawn is really going to hurt them, but they obviously seem to be putting it together. They're 2-0 the last two weeks. The other side of things, Matt Ryan, I I don't know what is up with that dude, bro, but he is not the same quarterback he was when he was in Atlanta. He's really yeah. Um, And I don't think – and this is something I want to make very clear. I don't think Matt Ryan sucks, and I don't think he did suck. I think he was um, unbelievable. I just think he's one of those guys where he's not like Aaron and he's not like Tom where he can, like, age like wine. You know, that's, that's a very rare instance to be – that age and to still perform at that level. And also, yeah. Zach and I were talking about before the pod started, they, they like, like everyone knows that falls football, that the Colts are the best of the line in here in this season. And they are not playing anywhere near to that. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, 20 touches for 42 yards. He's literally touching the ball and getting tackled while the ball's in his hands. Like they, they need to utilize him more. Like he's uh, unbelievable. Look how, look how good he was last year. I mean, what he did it with Scott, he's a two time Doe Campbell winner. He's, I think I'm pretty sure he's the only guy ever to do that, you know. So he's phenomenal, but he he can only do so much as a running back. You know what I mean? And they're not utilizing him the way that that the Titans are utilizing Derrick Henry, and I think that's hurting them. I also think that they don't really have a receiver one. Like it's supposed to be Michael Pittman, but it's really not. And I think that's also hurting them too, as he doesn't have a go-to guy to, to sling the rock to, and the O line doesn't help. A slow ass Matt Ryan either. Yeah. Um it's kind of the uh I'm pretty much just gonna be building off what you touched on. Um it's kind of the tail of two running games on one side. Titans finally starting to get things going with Derrick Henry, you know, proper zone schemes to get him out in space. You know, he's hitting gaps that are finally there for him. You know, in weeks past I thought teams were just loading the box and bringing not even exotic blitzes, just pretty basic blitz concepts that were able to fill gaps and not able to let him, like, A, bounce outside because they're getting great edge contain against the tackles, which doesn't allow him to really, like, get a lot of momentum and speed build up when he hits um, when he hits the sideline. Um, and then just getting through gaps, you know, usually he'd be, like, top speed by the time he got to that second level, and then that way he could, like, blow through a linebacker or two, and it, he'd probably get, like, five, six yards of carry. Um, and like we said, using him more in the passing game, you know, I think his hands are still bricks. He had, like, two drops or something like that that just look pathetic. Um, but I like that they're not giving up on him. They're still giving him chances to get some receptions, you know, work in the screen game. Uh, as for the other side of the other side of things, you know, I think the Colts, it's not a utilization issue. Cause you know, anytime you give a running back 20 carries, that shouldn't be good enough. But if you're averaging 2.1 yards a carry with a guy who was literally one of the best running backs in the league last year, that tells me that's not a him problem. That's a O-line problem. I mean, if you go through the film, what you'll notice is Quentin Nelson, who's supposed to be the god of a right guard, getting pushed back by a lackluster Tennessee front, front seven. Um, everyone on the line pretty much is just getting, like, shoved back. You know, literally the moment Taylor is getting hands on the ball, he's being, like, pushed back by his own teammates. He's having to, like, do one of those where, like, hand on your O-lineman's back and try to, like, find a hole. That – doesn't really work for him. I think what makes him really successful is he's able to identify gaps, identify a hole, 
And with his immediate acceleration and top speed, he's able to hit the hole and be gone. And you really can't stop him at that point. I think the issue is now is with how poorly their line is playing. You know, Matt Ryan's not able to go through all his reads because, you know, he's a quarterback that as a pa pocket passer and, you know, the pocket passer is kind of dying these days because he's not able to go through all his reads. He doesn't have the speed to escape anymore. So he's getting sacked immediately. Um, and if they become reliant on the run game, you know, there's nothing really there for Taylor to work with. So it's not like they're gaining any yards. Um, you know, from a reception standpoint, Taylor had one catch. You're not even using him in the screen game at all. Like He's not like Derrick Henry who has brick hands. This kid, he's proven that he can catch. He's an athlete. He's an all-around athlete. The man can do it all. And they're just like failing to utilize him. Like you said, I thought Michael Pittman was the obvious number one on this team. And I don't really even think Tennessee has like a number one corner that can like necessarily knock someone down for all four quarters. Um, you know, I guess Molly Cox just had the benefit of the doubt of working well against the game plan that Tennessee had drawn up. I think you need to scheme Michael Pittman open a little bit more um, because if you if you're able to have teams recognize Michael Pittman as a true number one and have teams have to game plan around him, that's only going to open things up for the other receivers. It's only going to allow for more of the play action game. It's only going to allow for your run game to open up a little bit more. So um, I think only good can come from actually giving the ball to your best playmakers. And we see that same issue with the Falcons. You know, they're not utilizing Kyle Pitts. They're not passing it enough to Drake London. Like, they're just not using their weapons. Because um, this was a team coming into the year. Like, I talked about it last pod. Shaq Leonard, Stephon Gilmore, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, I mean, I could go through their defense. Isaiah Rogers. Like, they have a ton of defensive talent. But defense wins championships. But if you don't have an offense, it ain't even going to win you a game at this point. Yeah, so it's just kind of what the piss people are showing. It doesn't help the defense when your offense goes three and out for the whole quarter. You know, like that yeah. that's not going to help your defense at all. Yeah. I have nothing more to say on that. Um, I don't really have much to say about this next game either. Really, um, nothing to say about this next game at all. Yeah. What? A, yeah. Dane Bellin had the game ceiling fumble recovery. Yeah, Dane has continued to just step up and play increasingly well. Um, the only other thing I'll say is Saquon. Returning to like peak form, I hope he doesn't get injured. You know, 146 rushing yards. They kind of abused him in this game, like they had to, because I still think Daniel Jones is dog shit. Um, you know, I let me just for shits and gigs. All right, let's play. Who is this quarterback? Eight for 13, 71 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Is this Daniel Jones? Tyrod Taylor or Justin Fields? Are you asking me? Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones. Yes. That is terrible. Yeah. That, that, that His feet were moving this game. Oh boy, oh. Six, six touches, 68 yards, and two tutties. Yeah. Um, Chicago ran a lot of man-to-man, -man, and the issue with that is if you have a very mobile quarterback, if you diagnose that everyone's chasing someone, you can just be like, oh, I can run. Like, I can do that. And Daniel Jones was like, you know, I may be a white guy, but I do have speed. Yeah, but you I can move. I feel like in the NFL especially, you don't even need to be fast to be a good running quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has, has done it too. It's all about reading defenses. Yeah, stepping up in the pocket, diagnosing what space you have in front of you and just – Making plays. Uh, the for the Bears. Lions, dude, 
if you're a Bears fan, just you, like you cannot be like hyped that you have Justin Fields. He's um he's not consistent whatsoever, dude. He's very honestly kind of sucks. I mean, it also doesn't help that they're only letting him. I mean, actually, dude, if you have 22 passes a game, you should be over 50. percent Yeah, that's a, that's a good amount of 22 attempts. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I I don't usually recommend this, but if you're a Bears fan, consider suicide. It it may be more pleasant, you know. Go to heaven and have just watch the like '80s Bears over again, and just continuously watch the Bears play football in heaven. Because um, at, at this point, you are just subject to living hell on earth, having to watch this Bears team. We're mad because the last play of the game, they did a behind the line of scrimmage pass when they're down by eight. I mean, I really, I really don't even blame them because, like, let's be honest. <laughs> Fields would have like thrown it out of the back of the end zone on a hail mary. So at least like give your team a chance. <laughs> give them a chance. Uh, so, yeah. Um. This next game though, God, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I had Jags plus six and a half, and I would have been right if Trevor Lawrence didn't decide to fumble the ball four goddamn times. You know, you took an early fourteen nothing lead off a of Jalen Hurts pick six and a pick um, five turnovers. Yeah, no, piss poor down the stretch. The fact that it was the fact that it was even an eight point game, the fact that it was still an eight point game against the number like the only undefeated team left in the league, and you had five turnovers, like you shouldn't be patting yourself on the back, but you should be like more pissed off that you didn't win the game. Yeah. Cause I thought Jacksonville should have easily won this shit. Um, and I'm infuriated. You know, I decided to take it a little Take a little pussy route, say, hey, we'll take the six and a half just because it's there for us. But I thought they could have easily won. Um, God, that was frustrating. Jalen Hurts, you know, quality, 200 yards to the air. Miles Sanders getting a lot of work. Jalen Hurts in this game, Zach, is something that I always preach about Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to continue to preach about Jalen Hurts. Um, He didn't have, like, a spectacular statistical game, but he overcame adversity for them and got the win when they needed it. And sometimes that's all you need from, from a leader. You don't always need your quarterback to have 400 yards and four touchdowns and no pick. Like sometimes your team's going to be put in a shitty position and you need light at the end of the tunnel. And he was that first team this game. He really stepped up and when they needed him, he was there. Um, and I just think uh, I'm big on Jalen Hurts, dude. And also if you're a Jags fan, bro, like you got to realize your team's fucking good. It's no more luck. Like it was started off the season with luck. It started off the season with, you know, it's going our way. No, you guys are good. Like the Jags are good at football, and it also shows that they were good last year. And Urban Meyer just sucked. So big Doug Peterson guy, big uh, big Jalen Hurts guy. It was cool to see Doug Dougie back in uh, Philly, but I just think Philadelphia was a better team. And when it got closer to the end of the game, where the 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 turnovers and the kind of like a little bit of luck for the Jags going on wore off, and it was like me versus you. I don't think they matched up. With the, with the Eagles head up. I don't think they're as good as the roster depth-wise. I mean, honestly, you take away all those turnovers, Jacksonville wins this game probably 28-3. to three. Oh, yeah, they body them. Yeah, body. They murder them. Well, but I loved it because I have the Eagles defense on fantasy, and they got me 19 fucking points. Yeah. Um, Philly had 50 total rushing attempts as a team, so that kind of tells you how easy it was for them. Um Oof, wow, that was just a fucking joke of a game. Um, 
yeah, that's all I'll really say about that. I'm not really too pleased. As Sean Tucker would say, I am not pleased with my performance. Uh, this next uh, another game I really don't – I didn't watch, nor do I really care about. The Jets beating uh, the Steelers 24-20 in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I hate to say I told you so. I hate to say I told you so. But I did say not only would the Jets win this game, but it would be the reason why Kenny Pickett would be the starter. Um, and what would you know? Kenny Pickett is now the starter, and they still lost. All I have to say, my only takeaways from this game, first of all, I've, I've, dude, you can go, you can go to when uh, me and Big Meech broke down the NFL draft a year and a half ago. I talked shit about Zach Wilson then, and I'm going to talk shit about Zach Wilson now. I don't think he's worth a shit. I think he played on an extremely explosive BYU team that played nobody and it was during the COVID year, so it made him look really good. I don't think he's that good. Um, and I don't know why they think he's that good. I mean, dude, the, the, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not big on him at all. And I understand Kenny Pickett had three turnovers. He did have two rushing touchdowns. Um, they threw him in when they were getting fucked. They didn't really give him an opportunity. Now you should never throw three picks. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to bash nor fight for Kenny Pickett. I just think when you put your your rookie quarterback in for the first time ever, putting him in a situation like that is the best look for him. And is, isn't going to really help him out. But I do think he still has potential. Um, but we're going to find out. You know, now he's the starter. And Mitch kissing Titties Trubisky was not very happy in the post game locker room when they were talking about Kenny Pickett's playing. Yep. Um, go back to kissing titties, boy, because uh, you a bench, you a bench yeah. rider. I mean, and um, it's and we say here on the podcast, it is nothing wrong with being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. But if you're gonna bitch about it, um, I mean, you could sit on your couch at home and, yeah, and be a couch crew. Dollars. Yeah. Um, I'll say a couple of things about this game. Uh, first, I'll start off with the Pittsburgh side of things. You know, Kenny Pickett. I don't think those three interceptions really should wait, wager on him too much. You know, they didn't have high expectations for him coming in. I will say I've never seen a fan base turn on a guy so fast, being like, oh, my God, our Lord saves in the game, too. He threw three interceptions, and they were like, this is the worst fucking draft pick I've ever seen. Like, like kill him now. Um, but, I mean, a pick on a Hail Mary and two picks off tip passes, you know, those – I don't think that's really telling of how he played. Um, what I will say is you – know, They were down, like, 20 to 3, too. They were down uh, – no, they were down 10-6. to six. I guess it's not too terrible. Yeah, no, they were down 10-6. Scored to make it 13-10 and then just got beat in fourth quarter. But um, continu continuing um, for the Pittsburgh side of things, look, fantasy owners, do yourself a favor. If you're not that deep on receivers, take a risk on picking up George Pickens just to see how he pans out. Dude, what literally, what's ready to pick George Pickens, bro? He's not like just on the fantasy wire. He's someone that like, he's a receiver most teams drafted. Uh, absolutely not. He's like the ninetieth overall receiver. He's dog shit. I understand, but still, in both leagues I'm in, he got picked. I had him. I dropped him, and now because I needed immediate starters. Look, Kenny Pickett got put in the game. Six catches, hundred and two yards. Now that Pickett's in the game, he's finally going to start taking more chances. He's finally going to start giving some looks more sword, more towards George Pickens' way. Um, look, Claypool is supposed to be the number one receiver. No targets. Deontay Johnson, two targets. I think, I think Claypool's washed. 
yeah, I don't think he's that good. As for New York side of things, look, it's never easy as a quarterback going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think their only knock is that they just don't have a good offense to put them in any of these games. They'll always keep it close, though. You know, TJ Watt was out. I said they were 0 6. Now they're 0 7 without TJ Watt. So that didn't help them in that sense. I think it did save him from a sacks perspective. Look, the interceptions are bound. It's your first game back against a tough D. I'm not going to necessarily come to the guys like Aiden Shield. He didn't play the best football, but he played winning football. You know, he got it done. Um, I don't think they necessarily won because of him. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's any different if. You know, if anything, I think they're worse with Flacco in there just because, like, the lack of mobility. If you just get sacked a little more and they don't put up as much points. Yeah, but, but I don't you know, think Wilson's a lord savior to them. I don't think he's going to turn around the Jets program. I mean, he may not turn around either, but I think he'll be a little better than what Baker did for Cleveland, maybe, if they're able to actually build around him. Okay, calm down there, Chief. I don't think so. You need to relax that statement. That was a uh, very look. No, look at how they built around Baker – Bro, Look, he Robert Salah almost went to the AFC Championship, bro. Yeah, because they built around him. They're not built around him. You can't say Zach Wilson's going to go to the – I don't know what – what are they, AFC or NFC? They're AFC. There's, you, there's no way I will gladly – this isn't even bold. I would gladly state they will never, ever, ever go to the AFC Championship with Zach Wilson. Ever. Ever? Ever. We'll have to see. I'm not going to bet yet because it all depends on how they build these next couple uh, years with draft that picks. Was, that was an egregious statement you made. Dude, Baker is dog shit. I'm not saying Baker is good, but you can't knock what he did at Cleveland. He still had a pretty good career. They built – bro, he was massively carried by an overpowering run game, which allowed him to excel in the play-action game. I'm sorry, dude, but he, he was the first quarterback out of 17 quarterbacks to take them to the playoffs. Because they finally had a team that supported a quarterback. Say what you want. Say what you want. Say what you want. I am gonna. I am gonna say what I want because people will always be like, "Oh, you know." I at first I would. At first I did defend him, saying like, "Oh, you know, I think he got done dirty, dude." I think they could have gone to probably a Super Bowl if they had anyone better than his bitch ass. He he flat out ended up sucking dick. Like he, dude, he no, sucks. No, no, no. He is. He is right now probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I think QBR he is. is, yeah. He is. He is garbage. But when he, is. he was at Cleveland, he had great moments, and you can't knock that. Because of how good his team was. Oh, my God. Go shut the fuck up. No. Dude, he is largely carried off of how good his team was. And I fully believe that now. Now, now that it's, like, proven to me, because like at first I was like, oh, it's a shoulder injury. You know, he'll bounce back. I came to his aid. Nah. Fuck that. He is – years and four years just not gonna yeah still garbage yeah nick chubb all right anyways our next game probably the game of the week that happened and probably the wildest most confusing game the bills beat the ravens 23 to 20 in baltimore but the ravens were up 20 to 10 and a half and then scoreless in the second half Yep. So my takeaways, um, I feel like I feel like Lamar, Lamar didn't play horrible. Yes, he had two picks. That's not very good. That's not good at all. It's never good. But it's also kind of the point where it's like he's doing a little too much to try to get them to win the game. You know, it's like he's kind of having to overdo it a little. 
I think Josh Allen is a freaking beast. He, had, he had even had a game that wasn't too amazing. Um, it gets to the point now where it's like, do we start to blame Harbaugh? Because the Ravens prove that they're legit. Lamar Jackson's proved to be amazing. Their team is very good. There's a lot of good surrounding guys around him. They obviously could tighten up a, a little things here and there, but there's no reason they should have lost this game, Zach. Absolutely. They, I, even the 20 to 10 didn't do justice. They were completely dominating the first half. Um, look, I'm not going to blame this on Harbaugh because if you think about it, that the Bills broke the Ravens 61 to 0 record when leading by 17 points. Um, you know, if you think about it, Lamar had that terrible play where he threw a pick in the end zone where you had a guy wide open. You know, that's just a play that happens. Look, all I'm saying is if you look at the Ravens' schedule this year, their only wins are to non-playoff teams and their losses are to playoff teams. It It's just kind of – it's how it is, bro. They're a great regular season team. They're fine. But once they play these um, – now, given the Dolphins game, not on Lamar's shoulders, played amazing offensively. but when it comes down to it against these playoff teams, all all they do, play some contain, force him to make deep shots down the field. And it's not that he can't, it's just he can't do it as consistently as some other guys. He yeah. ends up he ends up playing into other other teams' hands and teams capitalize off their turnovers. That's just how it is. Like all that happens is the Ravens have like one or two mistakes that it happens to fall on Lamar, and it doesn't always fall on him, but you know, sometimes it does, usually in the playoffs that end up just being one or two few mistakes that defense capitalize on and the Ravens are never, never, never able to recover. And if they fall down early, if they end up falling down early and go into the second half to where they stop utilizing the run game, they can't run as much. Lamar can't use his legs. They're fucked. Like, let's just be honest. It, it does not help them whatsoever. And I don't think their game plan suited for that. I think what they are suited for is taking the lead early, maintaining that lead, and using their run game to kind of dwindle teams out. That's what I think they're built on. Um, but as of now, you know, I don't really know if I'm sold on the Ravens, dude. I need, you know, and the rest of their schedule doesn't help either. Bengals, not really a playoff team this year. Giants, not a playoff team this year. Browns, not a playoff team this year. Bucks, interesting. We'll see. Saints, no. Panthers, no. Now, Jacks. let me let me throw you a question here, Zach. Do you think another reason due to Lamar, like you were saying, you know, the throwing issue, isn't entirely him is also that he doesn't really have a wide receiver one. I mean, he I would say yes. He really doesn't though. You can't like he doesn't. I mean, Mark, okay. Tight end, I agree. Tight end that can really be receiver one is Kelsey. Outside of that, I mean, I didn't even know who Duvernay was until the season started. Look, Duvernay return specialist turn receiver. Look, I'm, this is what I'm going to say. I would Use that as an excuse. But if you want to get paid the amount of money you want to get paid, you now no longer have the luxury of asking for weapons. You cannot ask, you cannot ask for a number one because your team can't afford it. You are literally – you might not even – I'm sorry. Yeah, keep going. No, you might not even have Mark Andrews if, once they pay you because once his contract's up, what do you think he's going to be demanding? You are literally going to be by yourself, and guess what? You're going to have to make it count. And that's I, why Tom Brady has had so much success – because he takes a pay cut to get better weapons around him. And even when they didn't give him weapons, even when he had Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, he only had Gronk, 
a tight end. Hell, try to build your team that way. Only have a dominant tight end and then see if you can just make it by with greatly schemed offensive receivers, you know, that are able to get decent separation and that you have to hit in the hands specifically. They're not going to get crazy separation. They're not going to make insane grabs over anyone's head. They're just going to have breakaway speed that you need to get them in space. And look, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he should be paid. But don't bitch about him not having any weapons when you're about to pay him as if you can afford any weapons. Yeah. Like, it's just not mm-hmm. not going to happen. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Exactly. And look, I want to defend the guy. I want. I wish him nothing but success. And I also hope he gets paid. But hey, Ravens fans, you want him on your team? You want to pay him that much? You will never see a ring. Yeah. You will never see a ring. Ever. So, you it's can sleep on it. It's to me, Zach, because like, he can still get a solid payday, like $120 million. I understand, yeah, you're not getting a quarter of a billion like Russ and all these other guys. Dude, fuck the football logic. $120 million is a lot of fucking money. That's a shit ton. That's more than some people's family tree will see. Like, that is so much money. I don't understand, like, the, the stigma in sports where it's like, well – I know it's a lot, but that guy's getting paid more, and I think I'm better. Dude, it's still a fucking shit ton of money, and I would rather get $120 million and a ring or two than get paid what Russ is getting paid and have the season he's fucking having. Yep, because I promise you. Athlete as a competitor. Because I promise you, one of, uh, one of the things that keeps a lot of guys out of the Hall of Fame and keeps them out of legacy is a lack of rings. Or even – is- not even rings, playoff wins. Yeah, dude, you don't you don't perform in the playoffs. You can be the greatest regular season player of all time. You may not sniff the Hall of Fame because of how how piss poor yeah, you perform in the playoffs. But hey, sit on your sit on your multi millions, bro. Do it. Hey, if it's for you, do what you want. But if you want to talk about all this legacy, you want to be one of those guys. You want to be like an Isaiah Thomas after his career, being like, oh well, you know, I I met the criteria. Yeah, you met the yeah. you met you met the regular season criteria. You're in the hall of very good, but unless you get playoff wins or rings, I don't care. I don't you you will never make my hall of fame. I'm sorry. I agree, but even if you're good enough, because when it being a hall of famer and talking about legacy is, is proving your worth and the most important part of the season. Hey, hey, there are a lot of great players. There are not a lot of hall of fame players, and let me tell you. If you are in the Hall of Fame, that means if I were to put you on my team, you are going to probably get me not only into the playoffs, but into the Super Bowl. That's just how I see it. It's would you rather make a bag or would you rather be remembered forever? Because that's cemented in history. You tell me. Anyways. Maybe that'll, that'll, be our poll, that'll be our poll question. Would you rather make the bag? Would you rather get a bag or would you rather get some rings? Personally, I'm getting a ring or two. Yeah, bro, because even though you're not getting the bag, you're still getting $100 million. You make it to the Super Bowl, your sponsorships. Oh, you yeah. win, You win a Super Bowl MVP, playoff, you're on a Wheaties playoff, box, rather. Uh, there's playoff in, indictments. Like, you get, a, you get a bonus per what you do in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Everyone, almost every contract now has a stipend and an incentive base based on making the playoffs. Every contract. It's not like this, I'm like, oh, only like certain players sign off on that. No, 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 no. Everyone pretty much gets that these days. But, you know, moving on, Chargers, Texans. I did not I like this game. All I know is 
Herbert Ball. Eckler. Eckler finally got his feet moving. That's all I know. I did not watch this game. Um, only thing I'll say, Damian Pierce finally making some strides for the Texans as an RB1. Solid. Not bad. Um, Mills isn't bad. Yeah, no, Mil- Mills isn't terrible. You know, we talked about it week one about how, like, you know, finally now that he has expectations coming into the season, let's see how they perform. The problem is, is like, dude, do you really expect him to, like, carry you to victory, bro? I know who he is. No one to throw to and no one to block for him. Like, he's just yeah. fucked. And people, and people are still bitching because they're like, oh, my God, they're not giving Brandon Cooks the ball. I'm like, okay, so he spreads the ball out. Fuck your fantasy team. This dude, this dude's actually sharing the ball. He's putting up 20 plus points for the and Texans. I'm not saying Davis Mills is good. He's just not. Not at all. He's not shit. Look, look, he is in the perfect positions for the Texans where he is going to play just well enough and keep your team just shitty enough that if you're going to keep getting good draft picks to build your team up. I go 500. And then, and then when the time comes, you take him into the backyard, old yeller. And you're just like, thank you for what you've done. <laughs> Here's the bullet. And you just, you just you put him down, sadly. Unfortunately, he's probably going to be the Baker Mayfield for the Texans. <laughs> just like, just like, do all you can for us. We'll always we'll respect you. you. And then we have everything we need. We'll get a real quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And it's really going to be that realization scene where, like, you realize that we're betraying you. And before you can even realize it, you're going to hear that gun cock right behind your head. And you're going to be like, always has been. And just a boom. Good night. Next game, we had the Cardinals playing against the Panthers. My takeaways, um, man, I grew up a Baker Mayfield fan, diehard, and he sucks ass. He had a QBR of seven. And Christian McCaffrey, I know there's this, like, uh, it's, like, not real, but it is real rivalry between McCaffrey and Saquon every year. It's, like, who's the better all-purpose back. And right now, Saquon is daddying him. McCaffrey hasn't done shit this year, and he's healthy. There's no excuses. Um, The only other thing – this is another game I didn't watch. The only other thing I have to say, one, Kyler Murray's not that good. And two, they fucking want, bro. Holy shit. The dude had an irregular heartbeat. Could have died. Put a pacer in. Reset his heartbeat and played the game. And had almost what you could say, quote unquote, a game ceiling tipped pass. And then in the post game, cries his eyes out because he's about to be a father. And he knew that he shouldn't have played that game, but he fucking loves his team so much that he did. Talk yeah. about that's a football guy. You want to talk about a guy that, that'll that'll take a cut and pay to win? That's that guy. That's JJ Watt. Yeah. Um, I'll say a couple things about this. Look disregarding Baker Mayfield's abysmal quarterback play. He is, he is not being helped out though by Matt rules. Absolute dog shit. They call it. Holy Christ. You know, we talk about um, Christian McCaffrey, like kind of getting bitched right now in the sense of he's not playing extremely well, dude. Number one, when you have Matt rule as your coordinator and <laughs> Baker as your quarterback, you're you're in like you're in prison bro like you are you are you you wake up in nightmares and that like imagine like this man wakes up from his sleep and he gets to go into a team meeting with matt rules fat ass and baker sitting next to him just like 
wanting to blow his brains out. And he's just like a bottom five O line. And a bottom five, yeah. Like, holy hell, man. This man is in prison. Like, please, please. Okay. If I'm the pan if right now, right now, if I went on the fucking mad dynasty and simulated my season, if I traded away Chris McCaffrey and fired Matt Rule for a playoff team in two years, yeah. just from just from the get back we'd get from not only we'd improve by having anyone else other than him. Honestly, the fact that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach right now, dude. Eric Bieniemy, go be the head coach of the Panthers. Get a new head coach. You know what? You don't even need not a new. Sorry, Bieniemy would be the head coach. Get a new quarterback. Matt Corral can take over. Start with him, or have Sam Darnold be the guy. I don't care, and have you Matt Corral. Make before Sam Darnold, dude. I mean, dude, can don't you? I understand, but don't give him that much disrespect. I mean, look, even Robbie Anderson. Our playoff games, dude. I mean, fair enough. Um, the only thing I want to say is, <clears throat> when it comes to Matt Rule, uh, I got two things. One, I do think he sucks. He, you have arguably the one of the greatest running back prospects, or like potentially to ever play the game of football, Christian McCaffrey, and you give him eight carries. You give him eight carries. Okay? That's dog shit. Secondly, I don't blame him for, for sucking at being a head coach in the NFL. This dude coached Two seasons as a head coach in college. Two seasons. And he had one good one, and they're like, that's the guy. Let's get him. Like, he had no resume at all. They rushed him so much. I don't understand that. And, and uh, he had a great season at Baylor his last year there. I'm not knocking on him at all. But I'm just saying is when you go from a college coach to an NFL, it's usually like an Urban Meyer or like a Nick Saban, like a guy that like has really has a very large in-depth resume. This guy had two seasons as a head coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer and I don't think any coach should go from college to the NFL. I think you should always be an NFL assistant, assistant coach or a coordinator before you get a head coaching job, because it is, it, it is, it's a completely different ball game from college to the NFL. The teams are run differently. The mindset is different. You're no, like you are literally with the, Best of the best. All teams are pretty much equivalent. Anyone can be anyone any given Sunday. You know, you can get away with being a semi-shitty coach in college and just recruit your ass off, a la Willie Taggart um, when he was on USF and West Kentucky. Like, we saw that. Yeah, let, me give you now, a, let me give you a first-hand insight to support your point. When Greg Schiano came and coached at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I went to school this kids for three years. Some of my lifelong friends, Matt, Matt and John Shannon. But I remember talking to their dad one time when I was at their house, talking to Greg. And he's like, the, the way you approach the team is entirely different. When you're a college head coach and a kid misses practice or a kid does something stupid, you have a scholarship to hold over his head. He's in classes, you can hold over his head. Like, you're kind of a father figure to him. When you're in the NFL, these are grown-ass men. So you can be like, yo – Zach Watts, defense man, what the fuck is good with you? You need to be doing this, doing this. And he's going to tell you, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's a completely different approach altogether. Dude, you know, you go from college where Shiano can be like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're going to be in bed by this time. Boom, boom. And the kids are going to, they may be like, fuck you, Shiano, but they're going to listen. Versus in the NFL, they'll just be like, I'm getting traded. Fuck this, I'm out. Or fuck you, I'm not listening to you. I'm getting paid millions of dollars. I'm going to listen to you. You know, it's like, it's a lot different when they're grown ass men. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with that. Outside of that, I, I will talk a little bit about the betting perspective of this game. This is where you kind of get dragged down by, you know, the betting odds. People, people were so miscued, like, oh, like, why is the favorite minus one to Carolina? Why is 86% of people betting on Arizona? Like, oh, it's an obvious trap game. Let's bet on Carolina. No. Stick with your gut. Not every Look. stat is a fucking trap game. Yeah, yeah. Not every stat is a trap game. Look, there are some insights that will help you pick some solid bets that will win you some money. This is not one of those games. Stick with your gut. If you actually study the game of football, it will end up working out. Look, this is this is still a work in progress uh, for clocks on the stove. We will get a lot of picks wrong. We're going to end up with a lot of picks right. I promise you by year two or three, we're going to have decent insight into these games to know what the fuck we're talking about. It comes with trial and error. It comes with actually studying the game. You know, for our whole lives, we've been in school for the most part. We've just had the opportunity to be able to tune into games and just give our um, personal insights into games. Now we're starting to look at it from more of a business perspective side of things. Like it's our duty to kind of win you guys money, to have you guys tune in and work like a business deal. From a viewer's perspective, we want to give you something to where you can put money in your pocket. From our end, we want you guys to tune into us so we can earn more viewership. It's just kind of how it is. It's a quick shout out, uh, shout out Reese Schwartz. Okay. He, uh, he listened to clocks on the stove through a three leg parlay for $20. New York Giants plus three Seahawks money line and Cowboys minus three. And he won a, he got a payout of 174. So we're not perfect yet, but we're also not doing horrible, which is good. Yeah. And you also got to look at it from our NFL basis specifically. We, we go over every game. Look, if we wanted to, we can simplify it down to three or four games we're super confident in, but we want to go over every game at this point just to see how confident we are on these games. We want to see where, where we're missing and where we're hitting. Because right now, if we just narrowed it down off rip, if we have one bad week, it's going to look really bad. But if right now, if we're just sitting at like 50-50, then that means next year and years on, we can become even more accurate and realizing where our weaknesses are. You know, right now, I feel like we know where our strengths rely in. But I feel like it's more important for us to identify where our weaknesses are and build from there. So that's kind of like what we're doing from our perspective. So if you think we're not doing the best on our picks, then, hey, comment down below. Let us know where we could do better at. We'd love to learn from you guys as much as you want to learn from us. That's just kind of how um, I perceive it from the betting standpoint of things. Yeah, we got, uh, we got but, left to wrap up. I'm going to let Zach take this one over. But real quick, all I got to say is Zach was two for two and his picks of rookie quarterbacks playing this weekend. And the first was Kenny Pickett, and the second one was in this upcoming game, Bailey Zapp, as the Green Bay Packers won in overtime against the Patriots, 27-24. Zach, take us away on this. Yeah, so, you know, I did think we'd get to see some bit of Zappy. Now, it did come off the misfortune of Brian Hoyer getting injured, um, going into concussion protocols. Thankfully, a team actually took the concussion protocol seriously. Took him out of the locker room. Um, so we got a chance to see Bailey Zappi get a chance. Um, look, I don't know how you properly pronounce his name. Throughout the entire bro- the entire broadcast, they were saying Zappi. So I guess it is Zappi. I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, BZ. Uh, look, BZ, I, I had a wave of realization the moment he got put into the game. I knew what the Patriots were going to do the moment he came in. They were going to run it on first and second down. 
and then probably run it again on third. But then on a random second down or an early down, they'll give him a play action, which would be wide open, which would make him look decent, get some confidence in him hitting his receivers. We saw the Devontae Parker touchdown. Um, here's where my disappointment came into the game. You're in Lambeau. You get a quality Green Bay team into overtime on their home turf. You punt and you return it to the 50. You need one or two. You need a first down and a little bit of gain to kick a guaranteed field goal because Nick Folk inside of 50 yards has been perfect. Has been perfect the last three years. And what do you do? You run two straight run plays, which you've done the entire fucking game. And then on an obvious third and six passing down, you force Bailey Zappi, who has never taken a snap under center until the pros, you force him to take a drop back pass and throw a pass short of the line of scrimmage to a tight end. That is not how you win football games. That is not how you bounce back. That is not how you build confidence under your I'm team. Matt Patricia football right there, bro. That is some Matt Patricia. You pussied out. You got scared. You gave the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. And let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers does not fuck up twice. And he burns you. You were lucky enough to have Rodgers throw a pick six to keep you in the game. You dropped 24 points in Lambeau on a solid Green Bay defense. And you pussied out. You pussied out. I am way more pissed than I am happy about any moral victory. As Matt Judon says, there is no moral victories. But shout out the Rook. He stepped up when he needed to, made some plays happen. And he actually showed he has some balls. For the coaching staff, go fuck yourself. I, I hate it's you. Hilarious how identical he looks to to uh, Mac Jones, though. There's a lot of memes saying like they're like twin brothers and stuff. I like that. Um, great game to watch. Super fun. I was with a couple buddies that had Green Bay minus seven, and they were fucking furious because they threw some decent money on this game. The only thing I gotta say is. I like Bailey Zapp. I thought he was good in college. I think he's a better alternative than Brian Hoyer. Um, but his touchdown was a delay. Yes. His touchdown yes. was a delay game. How the refs didn't see that. It wasn't like it was like it hit zero and he, he got it. It was like a good three seconds. Zero, reset to 40, and then started counting down again. Here's uh, here's my thing. That's not, the no, NFL, that's, that's, that's not on Zapp. That's not his fault. I'm not mad at him. I'm saying that's horrible officiating. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, there's been a lot of times in games where um, if you pay attention to the playcock every time, you'll notice there's been a lot of times where it'll hit zero and then, like, they go a couple seconds after. I think it's a failure of the clock operator resetting the game clock. I think if uh, Zapper Zappy was a veteran QB, he would have recognized the play clock. And you've seen a lot of quarterbacks get the hand signal for reset the play clock. We've seen Brady do it. Rodgers do it, does it all the time. Um, so I don't know if that was one of those instances. Obviously, I didn't go back, watch the play, and start a 40-second countdown in my head. Um, it, it did seem, you know, considering how the game was being played by the Patriots, you know, I mean, even their first three drive, every drive in the game, they went down to literally the last second to snap the ball every goddamn time. That's just how they did it. Um, because they knew if you want to have a chance at winning this game, you give Rogers the least amount of time possible. And huh, I'm just more pissed that they didn't get greedy and try to win the game. Cause you shouldn't have been in it anyway. You're minus 10 point underdogs and you had it right there and you bitched out. You pussies. You pussied out. Yeah, Looking at you, Matt Patricia. Let's get this wrapping up. We had the Broncos. Losing the, the Raiders get their first one of the year, beating the Broncos 32 to 23. I think it's 
hella ironic that Russ finally played good and they lost. Um, the other thing, the only other thing I got to take away from this game is um, even though Russ played well, their offense still sucks. And I always fight for Derek Carr, but dude, he's he's really not that good this year, like at all. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their schemes, this or that. But they won this game because of Josh Jacobs, and I won my fantasy this week because of Josh Jacobs. So shout out Josh Jacobs in that run game. But Carr is not hot. Russ finally cooked a little. Good for him. Might have been some good luck that we we posted that on our Instagram. But for the most part, kind of a shitty game. Look, um, you know, kind of more like meme we've been running with is um, what did Russ cook up this week? So if I were to kind of put into words how Russ cooked, it was kind of like you were starving so badly that you didn't really care what he did as long as he put edible food on the table and like you ate it and you were like, Oh my God, this is the best food I've ever had in my life. But if you, yeah, you're like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you, Russell Wilson uh, for cooking, for chefing it up. But if you think about it, the only reason he played decently well is because they were losing the entire game. So they were forced to throw the ball the entire time. Um, I also think this kind of like made people realize that it's not entirely on Russ because if you actually watch Denver's scheme, dude, they run the ball on first and second down and then force force Russ to throw the ball on the most obvious passing downs of all time. And it's just not working in his favor. And, you know, unfortunately, Javante Williams got hurt, but because of his injury, it allowed Russ to cook even more because they got to open up the passing game even more and he was able to do something. Now, were they losing the entire game and it had and it had him throw on some soft ass zone defense? Yes. But, you know, the man finally put up more than 20 fantasy points. I don't even have him, but having to see him constantly I suck ass. Against him and it, it, it honestly scared me a little. Yeah, like Russ finally cooked a little. Now he may have just put a pop tart in the toaster. Um, you know, shout out, but Decent. Not bad. As for the Raiders, um, I think Josh McDaniels is a terrible head coach. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I think oh, – hey, He ain't no John Gruden. Hell no. I think um, – I, I honestly think Devontae Adams and Derek Carr might kiss each other in the locker room after games because of how much they demand the ball from each other. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, he literally only throws it to Devontae Adams. It is insane. Um. But, yeah, that's just kind of how I see it. You know, you have Darren Waller. I guess he just doesn't exist, so I'll go fuck myself. But, yeah, on to our primetime games. Yeah. Do you want to lead us off with that? Kansas City Chiefs with mm. and beat the Bucks' ass 41-30. Yeah. Um, my takeaway from this game, I have Patty on my team, and I have Mike Evans. Dude, I can't tell you how difficult it is to watch a football team, to watch a game of football where your team is playing against your quarterback in fantasy because you're just like, fuck, I need Patty the ball, but I want the Bucs to win. And Mike Evans, shot him out. He ended up uh, breaking the Bucks record for most yards as a, as a player, uh, overcoming James Wilder. Yards from scrimmage, I believe, uh, beating mm-hmm. James Wilder. Patty ate. Clyde Edwards-Alar actually looked good for the first time of the season so far. Um, but overall – I don't think that Kansas City was a way better team than the Bucs. I think the Bucs just fucked themselves. They were down 14-0 off rip. Or no, I believe it was 21-7, excuse me. 
And it, they were just playing catch up the whole time. And that's not how that's not how the Bucks win. Like the Chiefs are a team that can like play catch up and have an electric offense keep going, but the Bucks don't play like that. I mean, fumbling the fucking opening kick return and then going down 7-0 within the first minute of the game is not good in the NFL. Very not good. So it's just like there's this trend with the Bucs where I don't think they suck. I think a lot of people they're just jumping the gun too fast on that. It's that they're still finding themselves, if that makes sense. I feel like they're still in this process of trying to identify how they want to play and what their scheme and stuff is. And I just think they fucked themselves a lot. And in that game, it was they just shot themselves in the foot so much. Because even Brady had a good fucking game. I mean, 39 to 52, 385 yards and three touchdowns with no picks. Like, he even played well. It's just like when you're down by fucking 21-7 on the Chiefs, it's so hard to get that, that scoreboard movement. Yeah. Um, the way I see it is I'll go from the Kansas City side of things first. Um, you know, just great utilization of play calling. I thought they kept the Bucks defense off balance the entire night. Um, Patty being Patrick Mahomes um, played exceptionally well. Um, you know, one thing I didn't like is Chiefs fans being like, oh, you know, we got our revenge. No, you didn't. You're going to hold a week four win over the Bucks when the Bucks whooped your ass in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, suck my balls. You're still garbage and you'll forever be Tom's bitch. So hold that. Um, for Tampa side of things, look, you talk about the identity side of things. I think they're going about it the wrong way. Look, Tom is still that guy. Start with your passing game. And then because you're passing the ball so much, teams are going to have to respect the fact that you have Julio, Mike, and Godwin. If they start playing soft zone D or dropping too many guys in coverage, that's when you open up the run game with Leonard Fournette. You're running on first and second down and then forcing Tom to make his reads. And Tom's always going to make the right throw. And people get so mad that he's like, oh, you know, why is it third and six or third and eight? And he's throwing it to the running back six yards before the line, like eight yards to the line of game. And we're always coming up short. It's because Tom realizes no one's going to be open downfield. So he gets it to his running back where he has time to make space and then make Hopefully he'll make a move or two and gain that first down. Dude, you make those plays on first or second down where he hits his check downs early. Guess what? That's just as good as a four-yard run. It's just as good as a six-yard carry. It, it works out evenly. Let Allow him to – because I promise you, if you start out with a pass play, what Tom does best is he will walk up to the line of scrimmage. He's going to identify the mic. He's going to identify the will. He's going to identify where the pressure is coming from. And then he's going to do one of two things. He's going to – give you a nice hard count to draw a guy off sides or just sat the ball. And then on the other side of things, if he doesn't like the lineup he sees, he gives a proper check down. He gives a proper check. And then they go to a run play to the right or the left. That's going to end in a positive carry. That's how it works. Every time I've been watching it for 20 plus years, it's as if they purposely just not playing the style of football that Tom has played in the past that allows them to win games. Look, I get it. Bruce Arians, the offensive guru, the air raid, mastermind isn't there anymore you have the top bowls more defensive-minded guy but when your defensive-minded head coach allows 41 fucking points in a football game i think that's at one home, of the defenses at, home, at yeah. home at home that just that just shows you got out coached i'm sorry but the that's how i see it that is we were talking about this earlier we were talking about brady's success brady's kind of a guy that has a good relationship with the running back he really opens up and uses the play action and uses the run game to help him he's a he's a, he's a Pro style quarterback. When you run the ball six times, the defense knows he's throwing it. 
So it makes it yeah. way fucking harder for him to get openings and for his guys to make plays happen as well. Yeah. Um, oh my god. It just it was infuriating to watch, but um thank God because I was going up against Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette in fantasy, and when they got the ball back with 40 seconds, if Tom were to lead a touchdown drive, I would have lost. So for the first time in my life, I was praying to God Tom wasn't God. Dude, I was up. I went I went into that game. I went into that game. I was down by like 30. I want to say I was down 32 to Connor. Okay. Patty and Patty and um and fucking Mike Evans got me 60 combined. And he had Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I was like, dude, this man might single-handedly bust my lead. Because he actually played, and all, all they talked about, the, the, I don't know if you watched, like, the, the pre-show of the game. They just shit on him the whole time. They're like, he, he's the first-round draft pick, hasn't done anything, doesn't do anything when he get, they get the ball in his hands. He's only a pass-heavy guy, like, yada, yada, yada. And he kind of shut them the fuck up this game. Against a, yeah. a extremely good Tampa Bay defense. Yeah. Um, I think that's more so to do with the Chiefs um, scheme that they drew up. You know, they, they had the Bucks guessing all damn game like the bucks were dropped back in coverage Hilaire took off on their ass they finally bit down with some blitzes screen pass or beat him over the middle with a trailing route by either kelsey or juju like chiefs were literally doing whatever they wanted to do to the bucks um todd boyles looked like he got out coached by andy Reed, I, don't every aspect of the game. I don't like him as a coach i think Aaron's is a way better head coach i love him i love him as a d coordinator not as head coach I just don't think he. You can be a spectacular. I, I. This is this has nothing to do with the NFL. This just has to do with football in general, in my opinion. I hate this stigma we live in, where if you're an amazing coordinator, you have to go be. A, there's a there's no reason with there's nothing wrong with being a spectacular coordinator. Like you just yeah. understand that side of football more. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I think that's why enemy hasn't left for a head coaching job. I think he identif- I think he re- recognizes. He's in a perfect position with the Chiefs. He's able to call great schemes for them to win rings. He gives him his freedom. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't really need a head coaching job. Now, obviously, some guys have bigger aspirations, and that's fine. But there's nothing wrong with being content when you're at that level. Like, at that level, you don't need to, you don't need anything more than that. That is the highest level for some guys, and that's just I, – I think it's a worthy position. I don't think the end-all, be-all needs to be a head coach. The world needs coordinators. How it is. Um, yep. But let's get to our last game of the week. Um, you know, primetime game, Los Angeles. Against San Francisco 49ers, this game was in San Fran. Look, the only thing I have to say or that I want to point out first is that one guy that bet on every game this week Bro, and could have won. Dumb, he's no, he's not dumb. No, you stick that out. You stick that out. Bro, what you do is is you fade your pick. You all you throw you throw that also you add another leg to the parlay on the 49ers so that you don't you you still win. You lose a little bit of money, but you still win. I mean, yeah, but if you think about it, he probably didn't have that much money in his bank account to begin with. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, if I had 20k going to that game, my my shit's gone. I'm I'm out. Out. He had he had a ten dollar bet that could have paid out to eighty thousand dollars. but you're acting – you're being fucking Lamar Jackson right now, Zach. You think $10 or 20 k isn't a lot? It is a lot, but he – in his words – in his words, in his words, he said, I thought it was disrespectful that they were only going to cash me out for 20 k He's like, look, 
I went into it not going to pull it out anyway. Why am I going to pull out of it now? If I lose the bet on the last game, well, it also, might as be as if I lost the bet on the first game. betting, like, threw him a party and flew him out to Vegas and shit, too. So, like, he definitely was using it for some clout. And I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a little bit of money on the side. Yeah. Look, not his fault because in our picks, we took Los Angeles, too. And what happened? Matt Stafford, literally being the racist Dude, motherfucker he is, he can't throw to off. anyone else. He, he literally cannot throw to anyone else other than Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. I have Higby, oh, oh. so I'm not mad about that. But I, I had to get rid of Allen Robinson. Dude, Allen Robinson had two catches. Not only that, dude, you're paying this man three years, $45 million, and you don't even throw him the fucking ball. He literally just stares down Cup. It would be he different only stares down Cup. if Stafford was getting the ball at Allen Robinson, like he was getting like, let's say five to eight catches a game and sucking. Then you're like, Fuck Robinson, that's on you. Like you suck, but you can't even like you you can't even criticize his game because he doesn't even touch the ball enough to be a factor in the game. Two catches, and I picked him up in fantasy. I'm like, oh sleeper fucking pick. I got him late in the draft. It's like sleeper pick. He's gonna take the spot for Odell. Everyone's gonna fucking scheme for Cup. Allen Robinson's a great one. So far in his career, he has been a great wide receiver. He's been a very good wide receiver, but you can't. The one thing about wide receiver is not like running back where you're guaranteed touching the ball. You can only get the ball and they give it to you. And he doesn't fucking give it to him. And it's crazy because you talked about this last week how you traded Jared Goff. You traded fucking Stafford for Jared Goff. Jared Goff is legitimately playing better football than Matthew Stafford. Stafford he's sucks. Top 10 fantasy. He, he sucks right now. He's not doing anything. And I don't understand it. And, and it's making me question last year's success. It really is. Because I don't think he's, he's good right now at all. Seven sacks or 54 fucking yards. No touchdowns and a pick. Yeah. Um, great week of football, though. Great week. Very solid. Um, only have more exciting games next week. We'll have our preview for week five uh, coming up shortly. Another exciting amount of games. Thursday night matchup, which you probably won't be able to get in the preview. Um, snooze fest. You ain't missing much. Colts at Broncos, so either either Russ is going to cook or Taylor's going to get things going. And I have a feeling we may be disappointed on both sides of things. Yeah, we will not have the Thursday night game in our in our week five preview, but we will have a preview of the Thursday night game on our TikTok at Clocks on the Stove. Check it out. Thank you guys for tuning in. And that was our week four NFL football recap.